Well, hey, thanks for joining me today. Today we're gonna be chatting about how to empower students to help set them up for successful learning. Now, before I get stuck into that topic, I do want to let you know that if you wanna work less and teach more, I have a book that I've written that's called uh, Work Less, Teach More. <laughs> uh, it's all about how to live an effective life. Uh, uh, so be an effective teacher and live a life that you love. If you would like to grab yourself a copy of that book, you can head over to teacherspd.net. There's a button there, you can get a copy for free. I just ask you to pay for postage. Now, empowerment with our students, it's actually super important because it motivates our student and it helps to engage them in their learning. By giving our students that sense of autonomy, by allowing them to have voice and choice and a whole bunch of other things, we are, empowering them in their learning. We're giving them control over it. And I think students respond to that generally by being more interested in the things that they're learning because they've chosen a whole bunch of elements of that. But also they, they've become more successful in their learning because they're more engaged, because they're more motivated, because it's something that they have chosen and, they, and it just means naturally that they want to do more of it. So empowerment, is important because of how it motivates and engages our students. So how do we go about doing this with our students in our classroom? Now, the easiest thing, the thing we've probably heard a thousand times is to do voice and choice. How much choice can we give our students? How much voice can we give them in what we're doing and as part of our lessons? And so this can be as simple as creating a choice board or you know, people, I've seen menus that are created by teachers and like you have to do one thing that's a starter, one thing that's a main and one thing that's a dessert. And together, the student is still achieving what you want them to achieve, but you're giving them choices throughout that. And that choice is giving them autonomy and empowering them as learners in your classroom. And so lots of ways to set up choice for your students. And so you can have you know, that kind of board, you can create tic-tac-toes, which are like those, um, it's like a square with three, I'm sure you know how to play tic-tac-toe, right? X's and crosses. And you just have to tell them they've got to make a line and they've got to go through the one in the middle. And again, you're making it so that all the things around it that make those lines, they're doing three things that particularly create the flow for their learning and help them to become successful but you're enabling them to choose things that then motivate them to engage in your learning. Now, there's probably a thousand different ways of doing these kinds of things. You can create choice boards, you can do your tic-tac-toes, you can do um, build your own adventure, if you like, where you create hyperlinks inside a document that takes the student, yeah, they choose something and that takes them to the next thing. Uh, and there's always these two options as they go through their learning. Do you wanna do this or do you wanna do that? And they can pick one and go and do that. So that's choice. The other thing is voice. And voice is more about talking to the students about what they wanna learn, getting to know what their interests are and that kind of stuff, and letting them have a say in the things that they're gonna be learning about. This is particularly beneficial if you're in a classroom with students where you're gonna be with them all year and you're particularly in primary and stuff where you've got, you're teaching multiple subjects with them. You're like, well, what kinds of things are you interested in that then I might be able to adapt into the learning? And that's giving the students voice because you're actually consulting with them in the design process of the learning. Whereas the other one, you've designed the learning and they're having choices within that. This voice one is more about them 
telling you what they're interested in, what things they like to do and all that kind of stuff. And then that informing how you go about designing. And then you could still design choice boards for them so that yeah, they can choose lots of different ways of doing things. And you're meeting more the demands of the range of people in your classroom. Because one of the things that comes hard with these is the whole differentiation. There's so many students in my classroom. But if you create things like choice boards and stuff, you're allowing them to, t- to choose the ones that they said that they wanted to do but you've done it in a way that actually lends itself to the learning that you need to drive uh, in your classroom because there's always curriculums, there's always things we've got to tick off and that does that. Now, technology within this can be super helpful as well. Uh, I often will use slides, for example, to create build your own adventures. You can do it in Google Forms and stuff as well. In fact, you can set it up in Google Forms so that the student can't complete it without getting all the questions right and that kind of stuff and going back and relearning things and you can embed learning in there and you can really set things up for your students for success in that way. Uh, you can use things like uh, Flip, I think it's called now, where you make videos and stuff with students and they go back and forth and you can create choices within that. So many ways that you can build in voice and choice with your students and empower them to become successful learners. and. Technology just has so much, it's really great. I mean, I, one of the other ways I like to do is to create back channels for students. So maybe I'm doing a Socratic circle and they're all discussing something specific. I might create a back channel for the students who aren't as engaged in the verbal, but they want to engage in like the written. And so they might sit behind the people who are engaging the verbal, but they'll interact with what's happening in the verbal through the discussion forum that I might set up for them using like a Google Groups or something and they'll be chatting through that and arguing things in there that have to do with what's being spoken about, but also talking and giving them the choice. Do you wanna be speaking and arguing face-to-face or do you wanna be arguing and making it, not, not like arguing, arguing, but like arguing a point uh, by writing things or by speaking. So you're providing that choice of mode within that. And so technology can be very helpful here where you're allowing the choice to build out. You can kind of create things and students can then move around within technology and hyperlinks and all that kind of stuff. It really makes things a lot more easier. But I mean, you can still do it with a chalkboard and write the three choices up as a menu or something like that. That works just as well in terms of empowering our students to be successful in their learning. Now, at the very top end of this idea of empowering students and giving them autonomy and stuff like that within their learning is really the collaborative tasks and PBL because as you get into this, you're starting to actually create opportunities for your students to be leaders. And so by providing opportunities to be leaders, you're empowering them in their learning. So students might be teaching others, uh, they might be the expert. And this is where the jigsaw technique, where you actually have you know, groups of students who are, collaboratively, <laughs> who are collaboratively working to understand a particular topic, and then they're splitting up with other groups. And so there's one person from each group that then comes together and each person in that group is responsible for teaching what they learned in their expert groups to everyone else and they're all learning together. And so that's really building in great collaboration, but it's also a fantastic way to empower the students to, you know, to be choosing what groups they wanna be in or to be choosing what topics they're gonna to actually be the experts in to then teach other people. And that then is building them up and empowering them as learners. And yeah, I remember, I think it might be episode seven or something where I interviewed John Hattie about what he thought was one of the best strategies for helping students to be uh, lifelong learners. And he found, he was talking about the jigsaw method as one of the most successful methods for helping with that kind of stuff. 
Uh, but it can be as simple as just empowering your students by letting them mark the role for you so that you don't have to do it, but you go, right, that's your role, you, that's a leadership role. And you can delegate lots of different leadership roles. You're in charge of you know, monitoring the time to make sure that we finish activities on time or that we change subjects on time so that we are moving between classes or whatever it is that you need to be doing depending on the age groups and stuff of your students. But you can actually give all these leadership roles to the students in your class as well. And so when it comes to our collaborative and our like project-based learning type things, you're taking that collaboration and that leadership to the next level because the students then are more empowered and more in charge of what they're actually doing. So they might be thinking about their own project and how they go about solving the problem that you've given them or answering the question you've, you've assigned to the class as a whole. Maybe they've come up with a question and you've actually negotiated this kind of um, inquiry question or your overarching question or your driving question that's got so many different names for the same kind of question but you can actually work with that out with your students and giving them that voice to choose that but still it's addressing the stuff that you need it to address and then they're going to go and work on that and they're working out how what they're going to create how they're going about their research project who they're going to be working with so many ways you can build in voice and choice through those kinds of, of you know, larger project-based learning type tasks and that really is the it's a lot more difficult to to do that and to do that really well than it is to create a choice board for example but this is what we're talking about we're talking about empowering our students you want to really build them up so yeah if you're in kindergarten and year one and year two and stuff like that you want to be making sure that you're working with your students giving them voices and choices the whole way through so that they can start to then as they get older work on projects um, where they're actually working in teams and collaborating and all that kind of stuff. Now, there's obviously going to be challenges with any kind of way where you're empowering students to be successful. I mean, there's going to be kids who just don't want to do that. There's, they don't want to be told what they do. It's what they're used to. They've gone through schooling for so long. And it's like, no, just tell me what I want to do so that I can get it done and give it back to you. Uh, I don't really, maybe they don't care. And so having that empowerment having the voices and the choices and giving them leadership opportunities might actually be something that turns them off and so starting small is super important as you're doing this starting with those kind of choice board type things or the tic-tac-toes before you go straight into a pbl right you want to build your students up to being able to do this you want to make sure you're explaining to the students why you're doing why you're working on giving them choices and giving them a voice in terms of uh, working out what we're going to be learning and how we're going to be learning it all that kind of stuff explaining that to your students helps to get them on board with what you're doing as well uh, and can help to cut back on some of the resistance that you're going to get from students and also I want to encourage you to work with other teachers as you do this get them to come and give you feedback get them to come and watch you, you know, teach your lessons and to observe your lessons and to just chat about it and reflect on it afterwards it's not about them telling you what to do it's about reflecting together because you know if you have more than one mind you get better reflections and you come up with better ideas for what you can do next time or what else can you do to really empower your students in your classroom and so working collaboratively and starting small i think is fantastic for this but yeah there's so many ways that you can empower your students to become successful learners you know, giving them choice boards giving them tic-tac-toes you can do that electronically you can do that using just plain old paper you can do it you could print out nice menus for your students. Here you go, and they can cross it off as they go. That's what I want to order. You can set it up where there's a waiter or a waitress. Oh, you've ordered that. Thank you very much. I'll put that together for you. And then they put it together and come. There you go. There's your, there's your learning that you're doing for the for the day. Now, you can make it a whole lot of fun. 
that, that simple. And then you can build up into you know, some proper leadership elements within your classroom. And particularly if you're doing that, like in a primary school type classroom where you've got multiple subjects and you're with the students for much more time, you can give them a lot more roles and lots, a lot more chances for leadership in your class. And then move it into things like collaborative tasks and project-based learning where the students are really relying on each other and have to step up into those kind of roles that are essentially leadership roles within learning that they need to do for that. So start small, get some support from other teachers, get some observations and reflect together with other teachers. I think it's actually something that we neglect to do. We need to make sure that we're, because observations aren't about you know, whether you're good or not. It's not about marking you. You want like your friend to come and sit in your classroom and watch you and chat with you about it afterwards. It doesn't have to be your head teacher or your deputies and that kind of stuff. Just get anyone to come and watch you and then reflect on it afterwards. Now, I actually remember during the Effective Teaching Conference, there are a few talks that really talked a lot about how to empower students. And I loved sitting in on those talks. I didn't, I didn't tell you all the things that came from those talks. Uh, I remember particularly Eleni does a fantastic talk on how she goes about this process across her school, her award-winning school of empowering students. Now, you can actually still access the Effective Teaching Conference. It finished in January, that's where it was, but everything was recorded and it's all stored online. And if you would like to come and get access to those recordings, uh, there's probably, I think there's like 18 recordings, maybe 18 talks, I think, uh, throughout the week. You can come and access those. Just head over to teacherspd.net slash conference. You can see all the people who presented and what they presented on there and decide if it's something that you would like to come and do. Otherwise, I hope that you will come and meet with me again next week as we do this. And I hope to help you to continue to be an effective teacher. Enjoy your week.